Okay, I'd like to call to order City Council meeting of Monday, June 26, 2023. It is 6.03 p.m. Uh, it's nice to see a packed house for a joyous and monumental occasion anyways. And um, at this time, I'd ask everyone if they could si silence their uh, electronics. And Ms. Hillman, can we have the uh, roll call? Yes, sir. Lance Smith. Kenneth Burgess. Here. Mayor Monson. Here. Jody Wilkerson? Here. Charles Proctor? Here. Steve Spina? Here. Matthew Maggart? Here. William Poe? Here. At this time, we're going to have uh, Beth Aker do the invocation, and we'll follow with the Pledge of Allegiance. So if everybody could please rise at this time. Thank you. Would you all join me in a word of prayer? Lord God in heaven, we just thank you for this day. Father, we just thank you for all the hearts that are gathered here in this City Hall to do the business of this city, Lord. It's such a glorious city, and we are so grateful that we have such wonderful-minded people as the mayor and city council and all the levels of management and civic people here. Father, uh, as we go forward in this evening and we recognize Chief Brewer and the new officers that are going to be coming to the city, Lord, we just pray for protection upon that department. We pray for protection upon those officers that have, will be sworn in, Lord, to protect this city. We just pray that they'll do that with diligence, Lord, and just uh, continue to have their heart for this city of Zephyr Hills, as all of us here do. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to serve for this community. It's such a wonderful and beautiful community, Lord. And as we continue to grow, we just pray for wise and, and educated decisions to be made on, on behalf of the citizens. And we thank you for each and every one of them here. As they go forward this evening, we pray for protection as they uh, leave this facility and arrive home. And all these things we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Thank you, Beth. All right, again, I want to remind everyone to um, silence their electronics at this time, and there will be a time for citizens' comments. When you, if you do come up to make any comments, you'll have three minutes to make those comments, and the first thing I want you to do is state your name and address for the record. Um, right now I'm going to turn it over to the mayor, and she has some good great. stuff for us. Well, it's a great day here in Zephyr Hills. We get to have six new officers. Thank you for coming and being part of this special day with, with our new officers, and we're excited, and I appreciate Miss um, Aker's prayer for you and the protecting spirit to be upon you and we're we're very excited and chief it's all yours uh it is now okay good evening chief brewer with the zephyros police department um tonight i'm going to introduce you to um six new zephyr hills police officers and uh if they could come up now First, I'd like to introduce you to Juanita Gonzalez. 
Her law enforcement career started in 1995 as a school crossing guard. Since that time, she has continued to progress in her career by working various positions, including dispatcher, crime scene investigator, and now as a certified law enforcement officer. She recently obtained her Associate of Science degree in Crime Scene Forensic Science Technology from Pasco Hernando State College. Juanita was recently awarded the Zephyros Police Department's Employee of the Year Award. She has been married to her supportive husband, Rigo, for 22 years, and together they have five children. The family has always been her priority, and they have been her motivation throughout her career. She loves to fish, grill, and plan family, family trips to North Carolina during her time off. At this time, I'm going to have her husband, Rigo, come up and pin her badge on. Next, I would like to introduce Carly Cruz, who was born and raised in Zephyr Hills and graduated from high school in 2018 from Abeka Christian Academy. When she was born, her mother worked as a 911 dispatcher. As a child, she always dreamed of being a police officer, working alongside the men and women she admired growing up. At the age of 19, Carly followed her mother's footsteps and was hired as a telecommunications operator, where she has worked for the last four years. In January of 2023, she attended Pasco Hernando State College Police Academy. She has always considered ZPD her family, even before working for the department. She likes to remind me that um, she was running around as a toddler when I was a police officer. So again, she started real young. Uh, as a Zephyr Hills native, she is honored and eager to serve her community as a ZPD police officer. I'm going to ask her mom to come up and pin her. Next, I would like to introduce Colton Nelson, who was born and raised in Zephyr Hills, where he attended West Elementary, Stewart Middle School, and graduated from Zephyr Hills High School. Upon graduation, Colton worked for the Florida Department of Corrections before attending Pasco Hernando State College Police Academy. Colton has public service in his blood as his mother has worked for the department since 2005 and his father is a Pasco County Fire Rescue Firefighter. Colton has grown up around law enforcement the majority of his life and has wanted to be a police officer ever since he stepped foot into the police department at age four. Again, he reminds me that uh, he was four when uh, we met. <laughs> Colton wants to give back by protecting and serving the community and its citizens that brought him up and made him who he is today, a proud Zephyr Hills native. This time I'm going to have his dad come up and pin his badge. 
Next, I'd like to introduce Mariah Hamilton, who was born in Tampa, Florida, and raised in Plant City. In 2013, she received an Associate of Science degree in veterinary technology and worked as a certified veterinary technician for a few years. In 2019, she decided to pursue her dream career in law enforcement and attended the Florida Department of Corrections Training Academy. There, she obtained her correctional officer certification and gained experience working in jail and prison settings. Now a dual certified officer, she hopes to make a difference in the community and work towards her next goal of becoming either a canine officer or a detective. And to be honest, Mariah, I hope it's a lot farther than that. So at this time, I'm going to have her husband come up and pin her. Yes. Next, I would like to introduce Philip Martin, who was born and raised in Sussex County, Delaware. After completing high school in 2009, Philip attended Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, where he studied business administration. In 2011, while pursuing educational goals, Philip enlisted in the United States Marine Corps and served six years in the reserves as a combat engineer with the 4th Combat Engineer Battalion, Charlie Company, in Virginia. During that time, Philip also served in a volunteer, both in a volunteer career capacity as an EMT firefighter, as well as a licensed Delaware real estate agent. Philip also assisted his father with his HVAC company from time to time. After earning his bachelor's degree and receiving an honorable discharge, Philip and his wife, Abby, relocated to Missouri, where Philip served in law enforcement for several years as a deputy sheriff and then as a DNR state park ranger. While in Missouri, Philip also earned his private pilot's license and commercial drone operator license, which proved useful to the law enforcement profession. Philip and Abby, Abby have a daughter and a son, Ember, who is two years old, and Liam, who is two months old. They are very excited about this new chapter in their life. At this time, I'm going to have his wife, Abby, come up. Last but not least, I'd like to introduce you to Paul Gonzalez, who was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. He relocated to Florida in 2014 and attended the police academy at Hillsborough Community College in Ybor City in 2016. Upon graduating from the academy in 2017, he began his law enforcement career with Clearwater Police Department. His certifications in crisis intervention and advanced roadside impaired driving enforcement, among others. His goals are to become a drug recognition expert and a crass reconstructionist. He is currently enrolled at St. Petersburg College seeking his bachelor's degree in criminal justice, criminal justice and is the proud father of two American bull terriers. <laughs> this time I'm going to have his girlfriend come up and pin his patch. 
right, at this time I'm gonna uh, issue the oath. If uh, you guys could raise your right hand. And when I say state your name, don't say state your name. <laughs> I state your name. Do solemnly swear that I will support, protect, and defend the Constitution and the government of the United States of America and the state of Florida and the city of Zephyr Hills against all enemies, domestic and foreign, and that I will bear true faith, loyalty, and allegiance to the same. Good enough. And that I will faithfully perform all the duties of a police officer of Zephyr Hills, of which I'm about to enter. So help me God. Congratulations. At this time, as we're um, allow you guys to go through the rest of the meeting, I'm going to ask um, family and friends to join out in the lobby so we can take some pictures so you guys can move forward with the meeting. But uh, thank you all. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And congratulations. Nice to see some second generation uh, yes. employees. You need to bring them little ones up that you have now uh -huh. so they get used to running around I, there. I won't be here for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go ahead. No. There you Chief, go. oh well, two right now. Okay, all right. I was going to mention what, that. What a okay. what a recruiting right. job. Yeah, I know. What was like this? You have two kids who are here. We have a woman who who was came to my Rotary Club and did like the, the CSI thing. Then we got a senior person. Yeah, yeah. Somebody oh, who's in the and, and this young woman who wants to be a king of the Boxes check, it's great. Bo Hilton is, um, you know, Bobby Sr. Mm -hmm. He had a brother, and his brother married Loretta Kirby. And that's uh, uh, Bobby's brother and Loretta. Anticlimactic after that. 
after I got married. Mm -hmm. Good mix. Mm -hmm. 26 years ago. Well, and that should get us some of you watch like the first two they're going to be up on the lot the kids are but still and even Juanita she's probably doing a lot of check a lot of tasks she was officially standing up in the I'll look at my appointment book and I'll tell you I'll shoot you a text I'm terrible at that as they're filtering out there, we'll go ahead and uh, move on to the consent agenda items. There's five consent agenda items. I have no idea who that is. That can be voted on in entirety, or any of them can be pulled for further discussion. Mr. Spinner, uh, I mean, Councilman Spinner, we can't hear you. Yeah, I move we approve the consent agenda as presented. Second. I have a motion and a second to approve all five consent agenda items. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion passed unanimously. Now we're to our business items. Business item three is a second reading, so I turn it over to the city attorney at this time. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, Business item 3.1 is the second reading of ordinance number 1461-23. Ordinance of the City Council of the City of Zephyros, Florida, establishing a 12-month moratorium on the consideration of new residential applications for annexations, land use modifications, rezoning, major plan unit development amendments, conditional uses or variances for property over one acre, providing for uh, conflicts, exemption, severability, expiration and an effective date um, and you've also been provided since the first reading we have made one minor change yes it's highlighted there in blue um, and I believe it's it's highlighted you know underlined on your copies that were handed out okay um, this is a public hearing well, just first of all, has everybody had a chance to read and see the the change and understand if there's any questions? Yeah, can, they, can the city attorney explain that? That's what I was going to ask, if he can just kind of. <clears throat> sure. <clears throat> so we were, we have a couple of projects that we're doing utility service agreements on or we, that we have or in the, and that we intend to, um, at least one of those, we're going to be um, getting water um, from a permit they already have and it'll service that um, project which is in the county but also an additional amount of water to us and then we also don't want to be hindered from entering into an agreement uh, with the county and with um, parcels in the county if it makes you know more sense for us to service them if you know potentially the, the county would have to then give up their uh, give up capacity to us to service those um, but it's kind of uh, put in there as abundance of caution so we don't limit ourselves we had a couple projects in mind that um, the main one is one that we're probably going to receive a net positive of um, at least you know 100,000 gallons a day 
from the permit that they already have so we just didn't want to limit it to that but it wouldn't it wouldn't allow us to annex it in or approve anything it's just dealing with the water itself question or yeah <clears throat> so later on in the agenda we are approving another utility service agreement uh, <clears throat> utility capacity agreement so this this change is something that we're going to be receiving not giving is that correct essentially yes well there is a development potentially tied to it right which includes residential housing but it would not come into the city it would not be in the city limits it would be based on pasco at this moment it'd be based on pasco county's decision on density and, and, and approving it it would be city that would be the one servicing need you to speak up a little bit it'd be the city would be the utility provider Pasco County would approve at this time um, you know any development because it would be in Pasco County's jurisdiction but it would be in the uh, Zephyr Hills utility service area okay and what this does is just it, it it creates an exception so we can still work on those types of agreements and agreements with the county um, because we think we may have inadvertently prohibited ourselves from doing that with this ordinance the way it was drafted so that's what the change is for but it doesn't obligate us to approve any of these agreements it just allows us um, to be allows them to be considered I can tell you that other developments that are or the message that we're sending right now is if there's a development that's in the county and it's in our utility service areas that they need to bring their capacity with them um, you know, either through wells uh, that can be converted to um, or the capacity can be converted to the city or if they get the capacity from Pasco County to to um, transfer transfer it to Zephyr Hills so that's kind of how we're handling any outside um, city limit developments at this time with that said there's none you know knocking at the door at the moment that we're actively discussing okay um, do you think there and I don't know if this is the appropriate time for this but do you think there's a need for us to revisit the utility service area and see um, if it needs to be amended or abridged or changed expanded no I'm thinking ex uh, constricted constricted I mean I don't know that I can answer that question tonight okay because you know one of the fears I had in passing a moratorium was that we would be subject to development outside the city limits that we had no revenue and no uh, control over but <clears throat> with the utility service area especially in the northeast area I guess um, we're still subject to that and um, some of that kind of defeats the purpose of what we're trying to do I think in my opinion yeah I, I don't know that I can answer the question of if you know if we should restrict or, or downsize our utility service area um, what I can tell you is any development that occurs or is planned we're telling them they have to bring their capacity with them because we're saving the water our current capacity for um, City developments. Right. Right. Yeah. Meaning they either have a, a, a water use permit of their own 
there's some some properties that have you know agricultural well permits that have been there for for years that maybe could be transferred to us to apply to our capacity or the county give up some of their capacity to us or provide us the water for that that project okay and we just service it um, like I said this doesn't obligate us to anything as far as the reducing of the service area um, in the process that that would take is we're hoping with a 12-month moratorium that we can have our water use issue resolved in 12 months and the process of getting that reduced is probably going to take similar time frame and I, I just I just wondered thank you yeah okay does anybody have any questions on that item okay I'm gonna open the public hearing at this time all right and I'm gonna ask if anybody's here to speak to this there's no one signed up to speak on this specific item okay does anybody wish to speak to this item if not I'll close the public hearing and then I will turn it over to the council I'll make a motion that we pass business item 3.1 on a second reading second I have a motion and a second to uh, approve ordinance number 1461-23 on a second reading. All in favor, uh, say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion passed unanimously. All right. Next is the city attorney's report. I'm sorry, I just moved, my computer's moving a little slow. Um, but this is the first reading of ordinance. I'm sorry. It's business item 4.1 first reading of ordinance number 1462-23 In ordinance of the City Council of the City of Zephyr Hills, Florida creating a new section to chapter 93 of the City of Zephyr Hills Code of Ordinances section 93.03 establishing regulations for the keeping harboring and maintenance of backyard chickens providing for applicability, repealer, severability, inclusion in the code, and providing for an effective date. Okay. Um, this is not a public hearing then, so is there somebody just going to, does anybody have any questions on it, I guess? Is a well, I guess I'll start. I had come to this, I had gone to the city manager, I don't know what, a month or so ago, Bill, and, uh, in several and months, yeah. I've had several citizens come to me and they wondered, you know, why couldn't they have a couple chickens in the backyard for eggs and such. And I thought it was a good idea. And um, then I believe code enforcement looked into it and um, sounds like I think it would be a good idea, especially with the price of eggs and helps people out. Okay. Um, what about the neighbor who is already upset about all the wild chickens and doesn't want eight more chickens right next door well these according to the ordinance from what i heard they're going to put them in a they got to stay in a pen correct correct yeah they have to coop yes yeah, it's, it's maximum four chickens uh no roosters um are allowed it's in uh zonings of er r1 r2 and r3 um the chickens must be kept in a coop uh, they're allowed to be they they can be let out of the coop during the day sun sunrise to sunset as long as the backyard is fenced and uh, they're kept inside the yard uh, the coop has to be at least four square feet 
per, per chicken, and the, it shall not exceed 150 square feet in size. Um, so they're to be kept in the rear yard at all times. They can't be on the side or front yard. Um, as far as answering the question of the existing wild chickens, I, I'm not sure what that answer is. Um, other than they're allowed. Um, but you can't catch them. We've tried that. Right. I mean. Yeah, they multiply like rabbits, it seems like. Right. So <laughs> can I ask you another question? Is there, um, do they have to get a permit for the, to build the coop? It's over a certain size. Now, I think you can purchase them at Royal King Tractor Supply. Um, I mean, I even built one by myself in my backyard. It's kind of little instructions. you have one in your backyard? No, no, no. We got rid of them. They were too much work. <laughs> <laughs> well, my initial concern was it was going to be work for code enforcement. Um, and I think... I hope the message isn't out there. We've got wild chickens that a lot of people don't like. I don't know adding more chickens that people decide they don't want anymore and they just add to the wild chicken population. I think that might be a concern as, as well. So I think that's you know kind of some of those things we've got to consider. So with that, I, this ordinance, what did we base it upon? Did we look at other cities? Uh, what, how did we come up with what we, we came did, up with? Um, <clears throat> looked at surrounding communities. Um, Plant City. I'll let Joel. Joel was kind of the driver, the staff driver, but uh, it was Plant City, Dade City, Pasco County. Bacon um, Code Enforcement. So we did contact Dade City. We contacted. Up, um, yes, ma'am. Whoops. We, we contacted <laughs> Dade City. Uh, Joel's a little you. nervous. Sold it, Joel. Plant City. Yeah. I don't think it goes that tall. Just say it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we also contacted Newport Ritchie, and actually Zephyr Hills has the most um, strenuous or conservative. We just don't allow them. So we're trying to you know, maintain what the, every, all the other communities and municipalities have as well. Um, there's already chickens here, live chickens. They, indigenous species is how we treat them. So I don't understand. It's kind of hypocritical that we don't allow our citizens to have caged chickens especially at a minimum of four a piece and uh a maximum maximum, maximum yes a maximum right. i'm sorry and then we're um, allowing a chicken coop of 150 square feet but then we say that they can only have 16 uh, square feet of chicken so really the limit the of the size no, of the coop no, no, should no. be 100 square feet just saying you could you hear say me that, yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and will these be allowed in the cra district if it's a err1 r2 r3 zoning yes only if it's surrounded by a chain. But this does. <laughs> <laughs> this so, is not so a part of the yeah. Part of the problem that we have with code enforcement is we have a neighbor call and they say, "Hey, my neighbor has chickens." Go to the neighbor, and neighbor's like, "Not mine. I don't feed them, right?" And we can't prove that unless you know you see a bucket of feed there. Can't prove that it's their chicken. So now, if there's you know if they have coops and there's rules they have to live by, yes. you know we can go in there. Okay, we see the coop. You got to make sure you're maintaining your chicken. So the theory is the the wild chickens are fed by people, lay eggs at people's houses, and then are wild the rest of the day because we don't allow chickens. So we're hoping that allowing caged chickens may change that overall behavior. Maybe. 
And you're not allowed to have <laughs> you're not allowed to have roosters or yeah, cockroaches. Try you that know, again, <laughs> Mr. President. May I ask a question? It, so, if they're outside this coop at after sundown, then you would be called and you'd have to respond. Correct. Okay. Correct. Well, after hours would be. If I could. Yes, we could address it the following day. It doesn't necessarily have to. If the police well, would have time, they could address it, I suppose. But we could address that the following day. It don't need to be a. And to clarify, if it's if the coop exceeds 100 square feet, it does require a permit. Uh, Pay attention to. It your could email. be online, Mr. Burgess. <laughs> be a permit they apply for online that's right bear in mind in my six-year tenure I've only had to address two chicken coop violations that I can remember I mean it's this is this is actually something that your citizens I believe are going to appreciate being have the opportunity to have fresh eggs in their house so mr. president if I could okay so let's let's roll back our our let's put our, our memory caps on so this came before us or some a similar ordinance came before us some time ago and it was um, I don't remember why it was rejected but it had something to do with the challenges of animal control and things like that who's gonna it, it was really a concern about who is going to monitor and who is going to oversee it um, the other thing is that you know there are you know if you have chickens in your backyard you really should have them in like a run or something where they can be protected because mm -hmm. there are hawks that live in my neighborhood that will eat those babies up just saying <laughs> so, and um, so I guess I, I guess the question is really I think there's two different questions and one is will ha will the wild chicken population have any effect on these on the hens that these people are are, are keeping as pets it's a great question I would say <laughs> They should not, because they should be in coops. Um, right. You know, obviously let out, um, but they should they should not be just free to run throughout the day. Um, so they would have a fenced yard, presumably. There's a fenced yard or, and a coop. That's part of the requirement. Let them out of the coop. There has to be a fenced yard. Let them out. Yeah, it says all chickens shall be protected from the elements and kept in a secure enclosure at all times, except that chickens may be allowed outside the enclosure periodically between sunrise and sunset only, provided they are confined to the property by a second, uh, excuse me, by a secured fence, a minimum of six feet in height. No person shall release or set any chicken free from such fence or enclosure. And then there's the whole issue about chickens being able to fly over the fence. So you know. <laughs> That's true. I, I, I'll go with the pressure of the council. I don't have a, I don't have a dog in that fight. Well, my, my only concern is, um, <laughs> you know, when we do something like this, we really need to think a lot of things out. That's why we're kind of talking about it a little bit here because you get a lot of unintended consequences sometimes when you pass an ordinance and you don't really get a chance to really think about it too much. I understand in this day and age, this is kind of a, it's like the, the little, uh, gardens and the raised gardens okay. and you know <laughs> the pot beds and, and then we had the pot belly pigs and then you know <laughs> now we're gonna have chickens and then what happens if somebody wants a goat I mean we gotta we gotta kind of think about all these things so with the ordinance that you you uh, checked on other cities is is it pretty much that's it that it, it just addresses chickens there's not any correct sir they're not they haven't seen where people are now wanting more no sir and the other thing I want to remind people is this does not affect 
um, just because the city ordinance does not affect the HOAs of uh, developments that are within the city. That's exactly right. So even though we may potentially say this is okay, it doesn't mean it's going to be an okay in a lot of these uh, developments. Precisely. You'd be subject to their okay. statutes. Well, I mean, I, I see some, <laughs> I see some good things about it. I'm just a little concerned that we may we may be missing something. Is the only thing I'm worried about. But um, I'm kind of like Councilwoman Wilkinson. It's, I mean, oh, go ahead, Mayor. If our, Just weigh in, Mayor. Give us a couple of. Well, I'm not sure I have a way in. But um, so you're going to be responsible for the county chicken. <laughs> so let's say I receive a complaint, I would go out and investigate. As long as the chicken coop meets all the requirements and there's no, say it's a nuisance, they can smell it. Anybody can smell that. Then yes, they would be subject to a violation. There's there's all sorts. Absolutely. Yes. Well, let me ask this. We actually have quite a few people in the audience. Is there any citizens that would like to uh, comment on this? Keep in mind, you have your three minutes and state your name and address. Uh, Eileen Westerman, 5522 17th Street. I spent 17 years in the Appalachian Mountains. My nickname was Martha Stewart without the felony convictions. So I know about <laughs> chickens. When you order chickens, they cannot sex them. So you may go to up there to Tractor Supply and get four chickens. You may get four roosters. You may order them 10, roost, 10 chickens. You may get 10 roosters. And if you have one at 3 o'clock in the morning, which the feral chickens are, they got turned loose when they stopped being able to cockfight in the state of Florida in the 80s. So I went back and did some research, because I did sit on your historic preservation board, and Key West has a same thing, had those you know cute little chickens, mind you, that is not in their branding at all, it has a conch shell, not a chicken, but they went ahead and they let people have chickens, so now they had to get a chicken catcher, because if the roosters were running around, because people, if they get a chicken that's a rooster, they're going to turn it loose. We already have way too many. And because we're not a dark sky city, they start crowing at 3 a.m. in the morning. And if they happen to sit on my fence line, they're getting hosed off. Chickens fly. They roost. They go in the trees. <laughs> the Airbnb girl over there, she says the Christine. major complaint she has is the roosters that start crowing all night long because they don't know what time it is. They also have driven down the road. And there's been them fighting on the side of the road. They have flown into traffic and made the guys swerve to miss them. And needless to say, I didn't heat the chickens. But um, you really are setting yourself up for more roosters. They're not native. They're feral. They were turned loose in the 80s. Um, some of the hurricanes have turned them loose. But when they stop being able to cockfight, people just turn the chickens loose. So you can't tell when you go to buy those cute little hens or chickens what they're going to be. And you could end up with more roosters than hens. So um, I definitely live on 17th Street, and there's enough roosters and wild chickens. You know, it's, it's a fad, in my opinion. They are a lot of work. If they put them too close to the property line, they do smell, because chicken manure is the smell. And I would definitely say no to the chickens. Go with let the FF, the 4 Hers should do it, FFA. Go over there to Shannon's and get fresh eggs. 
no to chickens. <clears throat> okay, thank you. Um, well, like I said, go, go ahead. I, I just think this is asking for more chickens, and you know, we don't need more chickens, in my opinion. Well, I mean, as I said before, I think it's, it's more I'm just worried about some unintended consequences. I, I don't really know how to check a chicken to see if it's a rooster or not, but uh, yeah, if we end up with more roosters, I don't, I don't know how all that works. Um, I know this is kind of like a, an in thing now to have chickens in your yard and stuff, and I'm not opposed to that necessarily for the reasons that were brought up about, you know, a supply of eggs or whatever. I just, I just don't know. I wish we could add a little more time to, uh, I don't know, think about it. <laughs> well, I, th I think it's kind of counterproductive to a lot of what we're trying to do in the downtown and the CRA. I mean, we're trying to build up a residential neighborhood and improve the area. <clears throat> you know, I don't think this would just, you know, smear it, but I don't think it helps. I, I just think it's kind of an unnecessary, yeah, I'm a no vote. They're, they're charming until they tear up all your mulch and they, you know, squawk outside your window all night long, which, you know, we've been dealing with that for 30 years. So. <laughs> That's the wild ones. I, I, I don't mm -hmm. see where if you're going to have four in a pen, how they're going to get into your neighbors or into your yard. They're going to be in their right. own yard. Um, right. I'm for it, but I mean, it is what it is. I'm only one vote, so. I make a motion that we pass item 4.1 on the first reading. I have a motion and uh, do not have a second. Uh, this hasn't happened to me before. I don't know what the legal way of doing this is, but this motion dies on for lack of a second. Okay, so it fails for lack of a second. All right. Well, the motion fails. Another motion to deny? Yeah. When Our city attorney said we need a second motion to deny it. Is that correct? I, I don't know. I, I know it's correct I'll if you said it. I can make a motion to have a vote <laughs> if you uh, want. I can make a motion. I'll second it I mean, if you want to vote. If. Yeah, I would like that. If there's not a second, then it dies. We make right. motion. Okay. Can, can he do that? Can he What's remake that? his motion? Can he what? Can he make his motion again? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Again, I make a motion that we pass business item 4.1 on, on the first reading. Second. Okay. I have a motion in the second to uh, approve uh, business item 4.1. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Say nay. 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 Motion fails. Yeah, it happens. Okay. Um, and, and you know, I was on the fence until Miss Westerman told me that they don't know if they're getting they don't know if they're getting a rooster or not, and that makes total sense that they might let it go to run the streets in the wild after it turns out to be a rooster. So. Yeah, I, I just think it needs a little more discussion I, I would like a little more discussion before it was the anyways um, city manager report uh, do we do we want to stick with the agenda yes please okay so 
City Manager report. I'll turn it over to City Manager. Not, the next item's not here. So we're at, we got we're at Hercules. Yep. I'm at who's star for Gail? Okay. Grab Gail is gonna we'll introduce the the project. Okay. Um I'm sorry, they're telling me to turn the mic on. They can't hear you. But, um. This isn't there. Yeah, you might. It was coming through. There you go. No. There we go. She pushed the button off. Oh. Testing. Perfect. All right, great. Thank, Thank you. you. So I'm going to review um, some of the key features of the park design. I'm not going to go through every slide. And then I'll turn it over to Juan Miguel for um, pricing and value engineering review. As far as the park master plan, we've got a, a 0.75 mile uh, perimeter walking trail. Within that, we've got several loops. So you could come over lunch and do a loop of a half a mile or a quarter mile or whatever, whatever you have time for. There's a lot of options within that. There's an existing stormwater pond to the north part of the, of the site. We're enhancing that with some uh, viewing areas as well as vegetation. As we move into the south, one of the key features of the park was taking advantage of the existing trees that are there. So we've nestled a playground within that area um, to, and provided some uh, playground equipment that really kind of honors, I think, the natural setting within there. So we have some canopy walks that allow kids to get up at different levels. Um, it's an accessible playground, so, th so there's also a lot of ground play elements. Um, moving further south from there, we've got an open uh, play field with picnic shelters and then Furthest to the south, we have the uh, roughly five-acre area with trails for walking and bike riding. This plan showed about um, 54 parking spaces. Um, if you, you recall, then we, there, there was a request for us, a little fast here, there we go, um, to then incorporate a restroom as well as a, as a splash pad into the design. So between, um, or in March of 22, we, lo we looked at some studies to incorporate that. 
and I'm going to um, jump ahead here a couple. So the splash pad that we looked at initially was similar to what you see here. It was envisioned as a concrete deck with some spray jets, um, a nice feature, but maybe not the signature element that, um, that the city was looking for. Based on the feedback that we got on that fountain design, we started looking at some inspiration for a more enhanced fountain. We looked at some custom features here, like uh, the spray, like the tree you see in the lower right here, as well as incorporating some boulders and landscape and really making it more of a feature. As we were doing that, then Gail challenged us really to, to think about Hercules Park and the site and how we could maybe utilize the splash pad to tell the story of the Hercules Powder Company and honor the workers that, um, that worked in the area. So we started looking at, <clears throat> um, if you think back to the tree image here, ways that we could customize that. Um, you see the image on the lower left-hand corner there. That's um, the turpentine harvesting from the pine trees where they would slash the tree and then collect the, the, the turpentine and turn that into um, turpentine, and the, the product that would be used yeah. for multiple purposes. Um, they would go through harvesting that, collect it in barrels, and then ship it off to various sites, again, for use in charcoal and explosives and a number of different features. Um, when the trees were done, you could, sometimes they would leave them, sometimes they would cut them down into the stumps there. And so we looked at incorporating features such as the tree, the barrels, as well as the stumps into the opportunities to tell the story of that turpentine harvesting um, through the splash pad. So the splash pad became an enhanced feature that you can see on the left image there, kind of in the center. Um, we've got a, a tree as the center point, which will have water coming out of it to represent that turpentine that will go into buckets and then kind of spill onto the ground where it runs through the site. We've got an area where we've got barrels similar to what you see um, on the image enhancement there. Uh, the barrels will have uh, jets that jump from barrel to barrel. Again, kind of a play on how they would use those barrels for transportation of the turpentine. And then we also have some stumps um, that are recreated tree stumps. They, they would be made out of concrete, but those would have uh, geyser jets coming out of them that the kids could interact with as well. <clears throat> so the other feature that we were asked to add was um, the restroom. As far as the inspiration for the restroom, we looked at some of the historical um, shotgun houses that were within the Hercules Powder Company, within the, within the working uh, camp there. Um, kind of typical for those houses, you had board and batten siding, a simple gable roof, a metal, um, a metal gable roof, and then a porch. And so we wanted to look at that as kind of the inspiration for the architecture that we incorporated for the restroom. Our architect partner uh, with uh, Fur Wegman and Banks, that they came up with this design here. Uh, so this features uh, restroom uh, facilities as well as enclosed uh, storage space for the pump equipment for the fountain to help keep it kind of protected from the elements and provide secure storage for it. So I think it's a really um, you know, unique way to kind of play up the um, history of the shotgun house. You can see some similarities with the gable roof, the metal roof, the board and batten siding, um, as well as the um, porch overhang that serves as an entry into the restroom. With that, I'll turn it over to Juan Miguel, and he's going to run us through uh, the price. Oh, yeah, sorry. So I, I love the design of the, of the restroom, and I hope we can afford it. You know, one of the things I noticed at, at Zephyr Park, there are no doors. So there's a kind of a, that's the same thing with the restrooms at the park. So I think that 
from I, I don't know, and, and I wouldn't want to change the design at this late date, but I would like to think about, you know, if there were no doors, if you designed it where there was a, a partition or whatever, um, so that you'd have visual privacy on the interior. Uh, I guess, um, do you have any concerns about the long term, uh, the long term condition of the of the doors over time? That would be my only concern. I think sure. one of the reasons why they don't have doors, one is security and safety, the other is yeah. maintenance. Yeah. yeah. So the architect is proposing a, a pretty uh, durable uh, metal door to be used for the building. Um, typical, that would require you know periodic maintenance as far as paint and, and recoding and, and surfacing and stuff, but pretty common for what we typically do for an outdoor restroom. I think the having no doors is maybe kind of a sort of older style of, of rest, public restroom design. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're certainly seeing a lot more of the doors and mag locks to control access after hours. Um, that t tends to be kind of the more current trends for that. Wonderful, thanks. Security. I think um, <clears throat> the newer bathrooms at Zephyr Park have doors. The older ones on the south end don't have doors. And I okay. think, do the police open and lock those daily or is that the parks department? I think having the doors is a good idea for what you said that way at the end of the day when you're closed we can lock them because mm -hmm. we've had issues with people coming in and destroying the bathrooms in the park and it costs a lot of money to replace all that so I like the doors especially if they're going to be a good sturdy mm -hmm. strong door My thing on the bathrooms is we need to design the inside of them to where it's very easy to clean them it's one thing. Bomb-proof? Yeah. Take a hose and just, yep. yeah. And so, I mean, to that point, that's a great point. Um, as we were looking at pricing exercises, we looked at VE options that could include going from block wall um, to drywall. I think we opted for the block wall with paint because of that exact thing. You can hose it down. You can clean it very easily. It's not as susceptible to vandalism as something like drywall would be. Is there anything else on just design so far? Okay. I, I, I have Go a, ahead. I like the idea of utilizing the stumps and the trees and the kind of the historic context of the Hercules Park. Um, the rock climbing and some of those, could those be... Um, what do you think about those? <laughs> yeah, let me go back to an image here. I, I'm thinking... I think uh, you're kind of thinking of the rocks that you see here in the middle. Yes. So we're using that as really a way to kind of make up some grade separation between um, the fountain. Uh, this thing is really fast. So grade separation, meaning there's a slope there. Yeah, there's a little yeah. bit of a slope. Um, darn it. Sorry. James, it does, you can't see the, the laser when you put it on there. Okay. I'll just describe it here. Um, where you see the tree there, kind of at the, in the lower center part, as you kind of work the way your way around the fountain, we do have a grade change of about two feet. And so we were utilizing those rocks, not really as a climbing feature, but more so as just a way to help kind of create a natural transition between uh, the different levels there. It's not a real rock, though, is it? Is it a form? Concrete. It's a hard surface, it's I think, is really the point. Yeah. 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 Like a, 
just like the tree that just like the tree that we're proposing it'd be a constructed rock element but now I'm starting to recall why we why our budget double because <laughs> that first rendition that first site plan pretty basic right and uh, you know we we charged them with after the public meetings and everything charged them with um, really kind of pulling out all the stops and it's a great design but we just can't afford it at this juncture I think maybe you know maybe we'll talk about this whole idea of a phase two or a or a value engineering that we could move into the next so let's let's yeah, say go let's through the value engineering um, yeah that's what I was, I was thinking not part of that done. meeting but I, I have all the information let's talk about that and then I will talk about funding because I think you might be pleasantly surprised want to hear one ago I think there's another presentation for the, yeah. the next one yeah. it's a really fast mouse <laughs> here we go good evening council members uh, my name is Juan Miguel go roots with Wharton Smith construction Pleasure. Uh, let's see here so this is our uh, GMP proposal that was submitted for the proposed park which came in at 8.1 as it was noted over budget from previous exercises mostly due in part to those signature custom one-of-one one, uh, elements that were noted in the park ie the splash pad with that budget overrun we went ahead and tasked ourselves in collaboration with the design team and the representatives with City of Zephyr Hills we were able to develop a series of value engineering items to rein in that budget back within an acceptable level I'll sk skate right through the GMP here this is a representation of over 60 65 proposals that were received from sub the subcontractor community which we went in and analyzed side by side for pricing to identify apparent lows so that GMP rest assured is the market speaking back to us what the cost of this project is uh, a little sticky here apologies this is uh, some other detail that we've also provided each document feeds into the next we had breakdowns on the restroom which we also did an analysis of a turnkey restroom package versus piecemealing each of the items again to make sure that we're getting the most competitive price for that project uh, we had a project schedule identified with that as well in the GMP and that leads us right into the proposed value engineering that we've developed this is a summary sheet that has seven items that we will review the first you heard about those boulders the tree uh, the glass fiber reinforced concrete structures uh, think if you will like a theme park type of props that's what we analyzed here next on the list we're gonna review the nozzles within that splash pad we have some opportunities there that we discussed with the original bidder on looking for some efficiencies and some economy to get some savings from what was originally priced we're also going to review the monument sign that was proposed for the project an opportunity there to realize some savings behind it will be the restroom itself an opportunity there possibly to uh, capture some additional savings the proposed 
uplighting for the trees in the park. We, we also have that tracked on the value engineering. And finally is the proposed nature trail with the bike playground areas. We'll take a look at that as well. So right off the agenda, or excuse me, the first item from that list is the GFRC items. This is a custom project, one of one signature. When we received that price from the bidder, we challenged them to look for opportunities to value engineering elements. Since this is a custom feature, they went back to their vendors, and as a package, they were able to come back with over $300,000 in savings. That's booked. We don't, that, that'll, that'll go right to the project immediately. That's, there's no uh, change in scope or program with, with that option. Next on the list, we talked about the, there's two items actually for the nozzles. So what's being proposed from the bidder was a laminar flow nozzle base bid, what's currently in the price, substituted with a standard nozzle. The examples we're showing on the screens on the left, top and bottom image are laminar flow nozzles. You'll see it's a nice steady stream. There's no break in water continuity. The proposal that you would receive savings on is represented in the bottom right. So there's a little bit more of uh, what you would see at the end of a water hose, if you will. So that, those two options there, depending on which of the two you would entertain, uh, one of them focuses just on the ground level nozzles. So there's a cost there if you just wanted to take that option. The other below it is to make those adjustments at all the barrels. You saw there were some <coughs> barrels scattered throughout that splash pad. We kept them separate. That way you could have a compromise of making one or the other or, or you know, take, take both. <coughs> we had also mentioned that monument sign. Uh, this is what was proposed originally in the drawings. Um, we did a net credit of taking the cost for this sign that you see on the screen and replacing it with an allowance that we would work with the design team and all the stakeholders in getting some compromise there. So it's significant, <coughs> there's a significant amount of savings there proposing that one item alone. So what was the cost? I'm sorry, I can't see uh, up close here. One more. Uh, we, what was the cost of the sign by itself? Do you... It was, it was just about 130, 135 okay. by itself. There's a lot of elements in there. You have your accents, the CMU, the structure, all of that together. And then we offset that with the $25,000 allowance to, for, for substitution. And Juan Miguel, the, the, the streamers, the laminar water spigot, that was about, for both of those, about 125,000? Yeah, so the, so the ground <laughs> effects were just under 60. It's actually, I think it says 57,420. And then the ones at the barrels, we were tracking, I'm trying to read that as best I can. 69.745. Yeah. So you're, you're over six figures there in, in doing those nozzles. This one, it pained us to bring to the table because of what we had envisioned originally and it's been sitting in your lobby for a year plus, but we wanted to make sure we explored all options, which is a precast, prefabricated restroom. Um, there are parts out there that they'll be able to plop this on the site, comes turnkey. Aesthetically, however, it doesn't meet, in my opinion, the criteria of what this project deserves. There is a net credit proposed of 80000 there for that option. Again, not, not one of the recommendations we want to have, but we do want to present to the council for review. Well, well, plus the original drawing also included like an equipment room, right? Yes, so there would be some compromise 
made with this proposal, the precast room. However, it does have space. In lieu of having separate spaces, though, in the original design, it would be one shared space. What would be the compromise in going with the, the precast version. Uh, next on the list is the tree uplighting. So to the left of that floor plan, that blueprint, you're going to see the nature trail, um, organ, if you want to call it that, all the SD notations. Those are proposed tree light uplights in the bottom right image represented there. So this VE option, we would go ahead and omit all of those lights from that area. And what does that save? Uh, that is a savings of 57000 <coughs> for that option. That's... Let's just nope. orientate where we are. That's the southern port, the southern portion. Yes, next to Henry. Yes, Drive. the southernmost portion. Yep. That is that the area that's all wooded, where the, it's the walking trail. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Don't are we going to? We're still going to have lights out there, though, right? Is this would this <coughs> is this the only lighting that? No, there, there's other pedestrian lighting that we have. Okay. Um, and there's actually some of those lights scattered further to the north part of the site as well. I just don't, I know on a safety, and especially Chief is here at, you know, yeah. we, we definitely don't need it pitch black out there. We have right. that now, and, mm -hmm. and it's not a good thing at night. Right. Yeah, if you take this Depressing away, there's other lighting that kind of addresses the normal um, <coughs> park kind of type lighting. Okay, so for the parking lot. <clears throat> just to make sure I'm on the same page, these items you're listing are things that we will either take away or change. So the the, the first one is is booked. The three hundred thousand is just a lower price. That's just a lower price. All the other items below it are an option whether or not to to entertain. So if we change the types of nozzles, we can save one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars from that that amount. Yes. Yep. If we do away with the monument sign, we save one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. If we just go with the normal, typical restroom, we save $80,000. Correct. If you go with the, the, the prefabricated concept. Is that the photo of it? That, that is an, an example of what that prefabricated <clears throat> building would look like. My recommendation would be stay with the, the original design on the restroom. I, I, I don't like think that the, the whole thing, and then we can figure out which ones. Yeah, that we can get yeah I think we need to go through. I mean, there's only... One, yeah, one we more got left. One more. Oh, what was the last one? The last one, I think you hit on the, the nature trail. So mm -hmm. this is a concept where you would have the nature trails with two bike playground areas uh, on either side and representing that trail is an image on the bottom right, straight from the uh, vendor that's being proposed. So I will scope. step in and say that <clears throat> the original conversation with the trail builder, it was $10,000. The bid came in at 110. 110. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Councilman Smith is not here tonight. This was his kind of his idea of, of, of the bike play area. Um, I don't know that I support $110,000. Well, I, I think for it was that. A, there was a lot of concern about the bike walking, mixing. I mean, that was kind of like concerns me. Yeah, everybody had, you know, or several of us had concerns about that. 
and uh, to, how to it, begin with. Yeah, and, and kind of how it started was the, the two gray areas where it says beginner bike playground and bike playground. That really was kind of the idea of there'd be like a little quarter acre, maybe not even that big, of, um, I know, it's not really a pump track, but just kind of terrain where you could ride your bike in there. Um, and the rest of it, the, the trail part, was just kind of like the existing trail that's out there, you know, mulch bed. Um, but I, I'm assuming that the designer, not these gentlemen, but the, the bike guy, um, expanded what he wanted to do. Um, um, you know, I, I don't know that we need it. We do have a bike, a um, BMX type track at Veterans Park right. on the, the eastern side, closer to the railroad tracks. We can modify that. We can, we can enhance that. that. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a BMX type um, amenity already in the city. I don't know that we need this. Just my thoughts on it. Well, did you have anything to finish up, or that oh. ends my slides? Oh, that is okay. Right. So, well, I'd just like to say, you know, from the beginning, and thank you guys for your Jenny what. Oh, okay. I'll go ahead. Just clarify one or two okay. things, if I may. Okay. Um, with the bike. Uh, savings that were proposed again the darker kind of gray and the two sort of amoeba shapes is what is proposed for savings you still do have the perimeter sidewalk around that outer area so you still have trail connectivity through there which I think is great <clears throat> on the signage that was presented um, we know that there's some broader citywide things going on with branding so the thought was maybe hold an allowance and then <laughs> figure out how that could work with the branding that the city is doing once that's completed. So just wanted to clarify those couple items. Okay. Right. Well, well, thank you again. And and like I said, um, you know, in the beginning we were kind of like this. This is one we're starting from new, so we didn't. We wanted to do it right. They came up with an idea. They brought it back to us, and we did kind of add. You know, somebody said, "Well, we need a water feature." Well, then that water feature kind of grew into. So I mean, some of it is is kind of like. On, on us, I guess, as far as like what we were doing, um, but I, I really do think it's it's good to get it right in the beginning. One of the things that I'm uh, want to make you know concerned with, and Mayor kind of brought it up, was is lighting, and are we going to have some cameras out there? So we we are yes. working on a design to have some security cameras um, that will be <clears throat> presented in the next set of documents. We went to GMP at ninety percent. So during the transition okay. to 100% permit, those will be included. Well, and because you know my my thought there is if if you're not comfortable being out there, then it doesn't matter what we have out there. <laughs> so I mean, I think that's an important part that we need to consider too. Um, but from there, I'll go ahead and let we'll just let everybody if, if, kind of weigh if I in could on. Interject real quick: the cameras yeah. that we do have at our existing parks, the water park, skate park, those feed directly back to dispatch. So those are, I mean, they're not, you know, constantly just staring at the screen, but there is a feed back to the PD. So this would be something very similar. Yes, I have a question about the, the trail. I, I didn't understand what, what, what's there or what's being taken away or, or what the savings is. <laughs> so the, the savings for that trail is coming in right at 123. And that's that's with all of the indirects included. So the base bid from the vendor was 110, and then after you take into consideration all the other uh, indirect costs, it comes out to 123. So what it is is the two, I don't know, kidney shape, the gray areas, and then the dark gray area in the middle, um, that currently does not exist. And what he would come in, the gentleman would come in and 
build kind of like a clay track, like off-road type uh, track. Um, so that's what would be removed. The lighter gray that you see around the perimeter is, is an existing trail that's there now, and that will remain. That is not part of this bid. The two kidney shapes and yep. then the floppy tube in the middle. Loopy, the loopy thing is Shades. that comes yeah. out, mm -hmm. and that's what is kind of a BMX type thing. Right. So there'll only be a walking trail in there. Okay. And you could ride your bike around it if you'd like, but it's not doesn't have terrain and you know curves and stuff like that. Right. And, and around and around that outer perimeter trail that you see there. There's some bench features, there's some sitting nodes that are kind of associated with that and included in the price. And people, I think, now informally walk that, but it's not a constructed uh, trail like this would be out of actual concrete. So this would be fully accessible and everything. Um, people will walk, ride or bike out there. You know they will, whether you want Mr. them President. to or not. Um, that was one of my main concerns when we, did, when we started talking about the trail and the... I, if we did move forward with a bike trail, I would like to have that separate from the walking trail because we're going to have issues with kids flying by, old timers walking, getting hit. You know, we don't need that. The way the design is, is uh, it would be separated. Uh, it is accessible off of the, uh, I'll say, the perimeter trail. This is also something that we could add in the future uh, as a future phase if there is a demand for it. So that's about an 800 and something thousand dollar savings with a, with all items with all items presented again i'll go on record highly do not recommend the restroom yeah i i, <laughs> I agree i don't think that should the uh, the perimeter trail that's going to be a paved trail right that's correct yeah perimeter trails and then the where it said the 5.3 acres with trails for walking and bike riding those would not be paved no, that would be paved. So Those would be paved within also. that five point three or four acres, that was the southern half of the site, mm -hmm. and that's what you see on the enlargement here. Um, okay. I wish I could point, but if you kind of look on the very outer perimeter, there's a two two lines with a kind of light gray hatch in there, and that's the proposed concrete okay. uh, sidewalk or trail. The bike trail is the more amoebic shape in the middle, and the two little kidney shapes. Yes, James, the, there's a a concrete trail sidewalk that goes all the way around the perimeter of the park Correct. except for one section and that is like a mulch uh crushed stone something be and i'm not sure i don't remember and, the and reason why the, but that's on the very north part on the east side of the existing pond just between the pond and the baseball field right because we didn't have enough um uh flat surface and grade change there to do a paved trail so even if you remove this bike bike trail component there's still a paved trail Correct. around the perimeter of the park what's in the inside there no, just open trees so i mean you could make your own trail through the middle of it um you know i don't know you can go set up disc golf baskets and go out there and throw play disc golf if you wanted to yeah. um it's just open space right really nice open space uh, with canopy and lots of shade i have one more what about picnic tables I didn't see yeah we we do have picnic tables um most of those are kind of towards the center of the site uh where we've got the picnic area we've got shelters covering them so really nice gathering spaces shaded how many did uh, uh we propose in there? I, think it's fine. 
I think we had five total right now, but those are you know easy enough to add. Is in it pretty as, large? Yeah. if they're covered. Right. Okay. Yep. They're all five large. Waiting for my or is there a couple that like six table pavilions and then a couple just a, a picnic table with a pavilion over the top of it so you could fit four or six people? Right. Right. Yeah, you're, ch you're challenging my memory, but I think it was like yeah. two and three or three and two. Yeah. We, between we, the two different sizes. So there's a couple larger ones like we see at Zephyr Park, and then there's a, a couple few like that are at Shepherd's Park where it's, a, like I said, the individual table with the pavilion roof over it. So it's a combination that are kind of spread around that open area where the pool used to be. Lori, is this presentation tied to the, to the uh, James's presentation? Can we back up like 15 slides? Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Oh, maybe it's not. I forgot all that's in there. <laughs> maybe it's 35 slides. <laughs> yeah. So right there on the lower left part of the left side image, you see the picnic shelter there. <clears throat> and there's a few more, there's a couple more that are um, placed around the perimeter. You can see another one up closer to the parking lot in the upper left. And you see the couple different sizes there. What so are they? they're kind of a lightish green. Okay. Like and they're labeled. The it's left by the yeah. crate myrtle looking at <clears throat> yeah. So right. there's, there's a total of five. It doesn't seem like a lot if we have a bunch of people there. I mean, I I'm think it's saying, yeah, no, I think I, it's a I good mix, but yeah. Yeah, I don't so think I there's think anything that prevents us from adding more. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to answer that one. Just a uh, thought. I mean, I think that's an easy add. So, it is. Um, well, Councilwoman Wilkinson, you got a few questions. So. Yes, thank you. So, um, so I think one really good thing about this whole value engineering exercise is that. Like you mentioned, these could easily be incorporated as part of a phase two. For example, the bike trail. We could even, you know, raise funds for that, or someone could sponsor it. I mean, there's there's an opportunity there for that center portion, so that we're segregating the bikes from the people walking on the sidewalks. That would be, you know, the ideal. And the other thing is, we talked about the uplighting. So there are some low voltage uplighting options now. I mean solar lighting and all kinds of other options that are improving every year, the technology and things like that. So, um, you know, so that's, again, something we could do as a phase two. Um, and so I personally would like to see us keep the restroom with its current design. And if we, um, I, I don't, I'm not really clear on what the end design for the splash, splash pad is. Do we, do we have, can we go back to that or do you have a design of that? I yeah, yeah. need to look at that one more time. I can't see it very well because it's not on my um, You want to look screen. at the nozzles? Um, yeah, so the nozzles, this is what's interesting. I think the nozzles coming up from the bottom is not a big deal if those are kind of higgledy-piggledy. But the ones that are shooting from barrel to barrel, those sort of need to be that laminar type. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, because that was kind of my thought too, although I'm, I think I'd be happy with it either way. I think both ways it would look really nice. The original idea was that that kind of laminar, which is much more kind of condensed stream, sort of jumped from barrel to barrel. But we, I think we could accomplish that with the other type of jet as well. But if you wanted to pick one or the other, they did provide the pricing for you to be able to do that. One more question. I have a concern about the elab 
it's so elaborate. How, how, how about maintenance if we have an issue? It looks fairly elaborate as far as all the, everything's under the ground, correct? Right. Under yep. the concrete. Yep. <clears throat> um, so a lot of the jets, you know, would be accessible for routine type maintenance. Um, we haven't quite gotten to the level of, you know, for example, how the barrel is designed, but I'm sure we could incorporate maybe an access hatch in there or something on the back that could allow for easier maintenance. Um, the other stuff like the tree and, and the barrels themselves and the stumps, you know, we are talking about um, doing it out of reinforced concrete. And so from that standpoint, it's pretty durable as compared to like the splash pad that you have today, which is metal and maybe some PVC or plastic components which require painting and if one of things. them broke down does that mean we would have to shut them all down or would they all have a separate shut off so that if one's broke we could still use the others um like I think, what we do in our homes right yeah good point that's a great question i think the answer is that we will confirm that with the splash pad vendor and make sure that there's some zones of operation which would allow you to do maintenance right yeah. still yeah. use the others right typically what you do is maybe it's not necessarily Every jet is individual because that just drives the oh, price up more. I understand. I'm just talking about each groupings. Yeah. 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 groupings. And do you have a floor plan of those uh, that illustrate that? Okay, there it is. Yeah, it's not a complete floor plan, but um, you can see the um, the stumps kind of in the middle, mm -hmm. the barrels on the bottom right, and then an elevation of the barrels and how that fountain jumps from one to the next, and then the geyser uh, coming out of the stump center there. I have one, Billy. Um, I don't want to. I have a question for you. So you're saying if we did decide that we we can come up with this, with these savings and make this happen. I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really confident that we can pay for this. So there was the um, ARPA funding, America Rescue Plan Act funding. The city received eight point two million dollars. Um. We originally budgeted um, just over a million dollars in ARPA funds towards the project, and we budgeted 3.2 million in penny funds. So what we would do is move those penny funds to, um, let me step that back. Then there's the Northside lift station. We had allocated three and a half million dollars of ARPA funds for that project. We would just move some monies around pay for the, the Northside lift station with penny funds. We would move those ARPA funds that were on that project over to this project, and then we would utilize the other $4 million that were unencumbered currently for the project for a total of, um, you know, whatever the project is, up to $8.2 million. Um, we have earned interest of about $300,000 on that. So, you know, my idea, well, I mean, it, if there is a savings, we cut some of these back because we don't think they're necessarily needed. Um, we could use those funds for another project, um, either towards um, infrastructure improvements or um, a, you know towards another park. You mentioned four million dollars in unassigned funds. Where's that coming from? Sorry, I'm sorry. So we we received the 8.2 million dollars in two um, installments. Two installments, and so the first was 4.1. So we allocated those dollars. The second installment that we got was 4.1, and we had not earmarked those dollars. So those are just kind of sitting in the account, and the idea is that we'll just use all of the ARPA funds for this project. Uh, any remaining funds, 
would need to be uh, allocated by December of 24. No, they have to be. Yeah, so they have to be earmarked by December. Yeah, earmarked by December of 24 and spent by um, I think it's December of 26. So we would have a little bit of time to um, move those those other dollars to uh, another project. Thank you. So the whole project, Hercules, would be paid entirely by ARPA funds. Correct. And with these savings. Well, and, and I think in the beginning, again, and I've said this numerous times, we, we want to do this right. And I think there's a little bit of things that, you know, with the savings they've, they've brought to us, the, if we didn't have the bike trail, the bike thing, because we could improve the one we currently have. Um, the monument sign, as they mentioned, we're going through a rebranding. So, I mean, that's something that doesn't necessarily have to be done right away either. I would right. still like to see it. But, um, you know, th those are a couple of key ones there and they brought you know a really great project back to us honestly and I'm, I'm like council Wilson, you know the, the architectural design of the building and all those types of things it's, it's tough to it's tough to Abandon not do that. it when, yeah. when we ask them to <laughs> to do it and we're responding to the people who exactly. came and that's right and gave their input if we ignored them because we couldn't afford it well we shouldn't have even asked them right right <laughs> so. and these are not pie in the sky things either I no. mean these are reasonable Request one thing I did have a question. I, I think in the existing retention pond, we did at one time mention something about maybe some sort of a fountain type thing. There is that still on the books, or is that we're not proposing a fountain in there right now? Okay. Um, I, I know that it's designed, I believe, to be a, a dry pond, but there's always a lot of it's water good, in it. Yeah, right. But last time I was up here, there was hardly any there's water in it, so <laughs> it's just really unreliable yeah. in terms of the the, the water levels in yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, but I mean that's again that's something that could be done yeah. later on fairly easy. President, right. I have a question yes. of the city manager about the ARPA funds. Um, how much ARPA fund did you get total? Eight point or eight million two hundred forty-two thousand forty-eight dollars. And have you spent? You haven't spent any We've of it yet. Not spent any of it. All right, and and that was mostly for it. it just kind of a broad category of infrastructure or it was infrastructure um, broadband uh, you could if your budget because of COVID experience the loss you could um, backfill your budget um, and it has been determined that parks serve as infrastructure I ask there so um, <laughs> I have a hard time wrapping my head around eight million dollars okay I'm just I'm a working class person just saying that um, so I, I don't want to be the thorn in anybody's side I really don't but when I'm looking at the the sprays I'm not sure a single child that's out there enjoying it is going to recognize the difference that it's spat splattered or if it's direct I also, when I look at it going from, from barrel to barrel, those kids are going to want to get wet by it. So that splattered, they may like that. Um, just to let you know, because yes, our mind is looking at it as an adult thing, but this is for the youth, you know, to enjoy for sure. They're not going to know the difference. If it's a tree pouring water out, they're not going to care. But it's for, for everybody else, it was really important. I do agree, restroom-wise, definitely we've got to 
we've got to keep that in and and you know I I'm okay with the taking away of the bike thing as long as we keep something on you know keep it out there if if the public comes back and says that was something we really wanted um, that at a later date maybe we can add that but um, yeah, I know. I know you guys. I know council. I've been in every one of these meetings. I've, I've listened to everybody, and I know that council wants it to be their baby. This is how you want it to be. But um, also, uh, does the public really understand eight million dollars of their money? You know, it's not their money, but but oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I think one key point to that is you know this is not. I guess the ad is tax dollars that you paid into the feds, but this is not, you've not paid city taxes right. into this. I understand this that. This was a, I'll say a, a loan, a free loan or a grant mm -hmm. from the fed, federal government um, to do these, pro these types and of projects. And maybe we need to make sure we are explaining that. That And yeah. Kevin. the narrative. Ex you know, because the general yeah. public is going to look at me, eight and a half, eight, Point two million dollars for this park when we've been talking about another park and that's going to be well I think there was right. a very key point that was made to me today um, if with this park it would trump uh, the funding that that we spent on a, another facility that has been a great economic driver so please do not take what I'm saying anyway it's been a great economic driver, but this will try, you know double the spending that we spent oh. on that facility um, that is open to the public and any citizen that wants to go free of charge. With that. Well, and I, I think that's something that Councilman Burgess had said. This is one of the first things we've had the ability, or the city has, the ability to kind of design and build from the ground up. Everything else we've kind of inherited, and you have to do it. So... Um, does this mean that we won't have to do it in phases then? Is that what you're saying? Correct. And this would be in the October 1 budget? This is in the current budget. It's in so the current budget. So you we're ready to start get started. And you would, all right. What I'm now, hoping is, is we'll, we'll break ground before December. That's so, what I like to hear. Right. Yes. I have yes. a couple right. other questions. So the 300000 explain where that came from a little bit. So Coincidentally, what's on the screen now, all of those glass reinforced uh, concrete structures, we challenged the original bidder. It is a signature one-of-one -one custom design. Can you find any efficiencies in your original So you just had some kind of put pencil to the paper yeah, and... exactly. In, in negotiating with them and, and trying to work out the concept, they came back to us and said, hey, you know what? We went and took another look, stab at it. We have different ways to attack this. And again, not change the end concept. And that resulted in the 300000 we're really talking about about a $7.5 million project now. We cut everything out. But mm -hmm. the other things, leaving in the restroom. Mm -hmm. um, and I have one question about, and I asked you about it. I, I don't understand on um, the cost estimate. I think this is a Kimley Horn estimate. On, um, it was the indirect cost. The indirect cost. I, I don't understand what some, can you explain what some of the <laughs> indirect costs are? Yeah, I'll let maybe you follow up, but that's, Things like contractors' insurance, uh, performance bonds, um, general conditions. Feel free to 
add to the all laundry right. list there. Yes, 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 all the above. All um, right. So it, it's, it's management of, of the project, um, all of the insurances, bonding capacities, um, your trailers, your temporary construction fencing, uh, the dumpsters that are going to be used through the project, that those all encompass what we call indirect costs. All right, so all the things we need to do it, but we won't see in the end product. <laughs> right. Yeah, so Juan Miguel, the, the general conditions, that includes, like you said, the trailer, Yes. Uh, those types of things. So that's the large number. I think that was, I don't know, roughly $500,000. And that includes yeah. supervision, um, you know, the superintendent, the assistant superintendent, the the on-site, you know, administrative people, because it's a big project. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, eight million dollars. Seven and a half. Seven and a half million dollars. Thank you. <laughs> um, Are we? When, one other quick question. You know, I, I heard what um, the mayor and and uh, Ca Councilman uh, Spina were saying that you know. Are we really spending all this money on this project? Are we leaving out something, or is there something, is there something that we should be spending that money on that we're not? At Hercules? No. I mean, are we stealing oh, from oh, Peter to project. rob Paul, or however that phrase goes? Robbing Peter. You're robbing uh, Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. No, I don't think so, because the ARPA funds that were allocated towards the um, the um, Northside Lift Station project, sewer main project. We have another funding source, which is Penny for Pasco. Essentially, we're we're just swapping uh, funding sources. Um, the the other four million dollars was not had not been allocated, so that was a conversation that was going to come up. Um, so I would say no. We have a, a parks master plan uh, in the upcoming budget, but the reality of that is is it wouldn't be done until you know probably twelve months um, by the time we get done. So you know we're looking at. 16 months from now so there, I would say no we don't have another project that's ready to go it's shovel ready right okay because I know sidewalks, there was like maybe you could do sidewalks the sixth avenue sewer extension and some of those things that didn't that didn't get funding for at the state level and you know or yeah I mean we could we could do it on those types of things um, but again none of those are shovel ready okay thanks I'm going to pause this for just a second because we do have several people in the audience and I didn't know if any citizens wanted to speak to this item. So was anybody signed up, Ms. Hillman? Yes, Erica Freeman is signed up to speak. And you'll have uh, three minutes to state your name and address, please. Okay, it's Erica lower Freeman. Bring that down. Down. <coughs> it's Erica Freeman, 37519 8th Avenue. Okay, so first of all, I, I came because I wanted to make sure that um, nothing was done to take away from the splash pad, since the splash pad was sort of a compromise at not having a pool anymore. Um, if you've been to the splash pad at Zephyr Park, it is crowded. It is full all the time, and we need a second area, not just for small children, but the whole family, because at the public meetings, they stated they wanted things to do as a family. Uh, I, like, I like the idea of putting the bike in phase two. Um, we do have the veterans thing, but the veterans thing, it's not maintained, it's very small, it's not like that. Um, the other thing is we were talking about 
the lack of a marker or whatever? The sign. The sign. Um, I didn't see in the plans, but I know that we still have the historic marker that's for Hercules. Okay, that was it. That's still on the project. All Thank right. You. Thank you. Uh, anybody else? Uh, Ricky, what item did you what item did you sign up to speak on? You, you signed up to speak, but you don't have an item. Just speaking after the meeting. Okay. Uh, yeah, that'll be okay. at the end of the meeting. So there's no one else signed up to speak. Okay. All right. Well, I just wanted to just give citizens an opportunity while we were in the middle of the discussion. So well, I wanted to say one last thing. Um, if we agree, uh, if council agrees tonight, uh, in the next two weeks at our next meeting, we'll have a contract for you um, to approve of. And so that we can, James will be working on the drawings, the permit drawings. We are poised and ready to get this thing moving and get it the uh, ground broken and get this project going. Um, from staff who went to the first um, school board meeting where we talked about the Hercules Park project and our previous mayor, Whitfield, um, was so adamant about Hercules Park being a park, being used for the kids in this community, that he even picketed the property when we didn't get all of it. it. We have gone to the community and said, we haven't built a park in 40 years. What do you want? What would you like to see for your park, for your community? We told new residents, come and give us your opinion. And this design is that opinion. Yes, it's expensive. But we won't do this again in this area. Once we do it, we'll maintain it. We'll, we maybe will add a, a bike park, but this is it. And we want to do it the very best that we can. We want to honor what we told out the community in all those meetings that we would do. And this really is it. It is the culmination of all those ideas and all that input for the last couple of years. So um, the team has worked very hard, city staff and our consultants. And if you have any other questions, let's get them answered tonight so that we can move on to contract and contract approval. I just need to correct one thing. Contract probably will be July 24th. We'll work for the 10th, but I don't want to make the promise that we get it done in two weeks because we still have to write the contract. So. Just, we'll, I, I understand, I understand, but yeah. I'm going for the 10th. We're going to push for the 10th, but I'm saying the 24th. <laughs> yeah. She's typing it tonight. <laughs> um, okay, so, and, and I agree, you know, this has been a long time coming. We got discussed, uh, I think, last meeting. You know, we've been talking about different ideas about what was going to end up here. We had the public input. This is what we finally come down to it's time to start moving dirt in my opinion yes i think we have a general consensus do we not i, th I think yes. so let's see so, so can we go just just so it's on the record can we go through each of these seven and give us a consensus of we're keeping it or we want to leave we're 
Can you We're zoom in on that, Lori? Can you zoom in on that? Because can I can't see here, that, right? and it's not in our packet yeah. for some reason. I can't. Just that little corner up yeah, there. Yeah, I can read. I can read those to you. The first number one is a VE. It's a splash pad. That is the the item that's already booked. That's the three hundred eighty-eight thousand nine hundred seventeen dollars. That's already a given. We don't have to. I mean, I guess we can say no. Go ahead and charge us more for the same thing. But that was three eighty. Three eight eight nine one seven. Um, item two is a splash pad lam laminar uh, flow nozzle uh, at the ground effects, and that is fifty-seven thousand four twenty-four. Let me just ask one real quick question, so we don't hold up too long. Is it possible to whatever nozzle we end up with, the less expensive one? Is it possible to swap it out at a later date if we wanted it? It's not. Okay. No. Okay. I just no, wanted because it oh, it actually takes some different pumping equipment okay. as okay. well. Okay. I just want to know that ahead of time. That's but all. I was I wanted to you you brought up a really good point. Um, I'm sorry to. Oh, you're fine. Uh, digress. We've I think we all like the laminar jets and it's a cool idea. Um, the first thing that it, somebody's you know a ch child might do is put their finger in it and then it becomes what you see on the right. So is yeah. that worth the cost? <laughs> Maybe it's not. Um, so I think that was a really um, smart point that you made there. I just want to reinforce that. And I thought that we had an enlargement of that cost breakdown. It, it, was that that's what you, a I'm couple sorry. slides yeah, ahead? So that was in the front. See if it'll work for me. Oh, there, we go. there we go. There we go. We still needed to blow it up because the text go. is very small. Okay. I thought the nozzles was 125,000. So you have you have two. You have one at the ground, on or the the jets on the ground are 57,424. And then the at the barrels are sixty nine thousand seven four five. That number three. That is two and three. Correct. Two and three. What was that number again? Which one? The last one. Sixty. Sixty nine thousand seven forty five. And what was the first one? Fifty seven thousand four two four. So we're agreeing to take that out. Yeah. I, I mean, my recommendation is to take it out because I agree. I don't think. I mean, I'm as agreeing. an adult, I'm yeah, it looks really cool, but clarifying. kids could care less. Yes, my, yeah, if you ask my recommendation, I would say we take out, we accept one, um, we accept two, three, four, we deny five, and we accept six and seven. So you would save everything on there except for the precast modular restroom building. And that total is what? 81,431. Okay, so the savings is what approximately eight hundred thousand. Okay. If everyone is okay with that, I, I or we can go through. I just, each, can I ask? One. I'm sorry. Hmm? So with the up lighting, because I really like the idea of enough lighting out there. I know that that wiring would be put in now, right? So that's not going to be able to be put in later. And then the other thing, so many trees, you're not going to be able to use solar out there if it's not hardwired. And my, I'm not a builder. But um, is it worth taking out 57000 to take away that? My opinion? Or, I mean, my opinion, I would say take it out because the sidewalk's going to have lighting. Um, the up lighting on the trees is not for the, the foot candles along the trail. Mm -hmm. it's, it's for, you know, the pretties, aesthetic. which the aesthetics yeah. of it okay. I think would be awesome. 
thinking um, is the lamin the laminar hoses. Yeah. They're architecturally, you know, a grown up looks at it and goes, Wow. Yeah. But the yeah. kids like you said, the kids park, don't know. Park closes at you know at at ten. ten. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the lights would I come just off. wasn't sure where they were I couldn't quite visualize mm -hmm. where they were supposed to be located. Is mm -hmm. that in the the wooded area was the were wooded those area in the, the wooded side. area. Yep. Okay, correct. And right. there's some on the and north as well. Oh, I'll let you. Yeah, we, we had the idea was that we kind of go and hand select the feature trees that are out there, and then provide lighting to enhance those. Okay. We could at this point, although this is not in the cost, so this would require further study, but you could run conduit and handholes to provide future lighting. I wouldn't do the wires now because lighting could always change, which would right. change lighting. We've also had people steal wire from projects, so I wouldn't do that now. But also, you brought up the point earlier um, about maintenance of, of the jets. Um, lighting is another thing that requires maintenance. So the lights in the trees, you know, are long-term maintenance for the city yeah, as well. That's fine. I just wanted to ask because I didn't quite understand will, that one. I will point devil's advocate, curbside appeal. So with those lights, as you're driving past that property, that is something that's going to stand out. Um, you know, it, it is an accident that you could easily forego, but it is something that would enhance the, the appearance of that park for any passerby. There is some on the north side, you said, some of that uplighting, right? Oh, it would remove so it would be, be eliminating all of it. So is it something that it. we can look at as the project goes through and there's um, some savings in the GMP as, as we work through the project? This might be something that we can add back in at the end? Monitor and manage that process. I thought I'd put you on the spot, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's something, that's a tactic that we've done on a lot of projects where we, like if we take this list, for example, we might identify what are the priority items that could be alternates as they're working through the contract and buying out the subcontractors. Sometimes the price changes a little bit and that money could go into a contingency. And then so we have everything sort of above the line that we're paying for and then some items may be below the line that are priority alternates that could be studied for further implementation. We might want to put an asterisk by that one. Right. Because yeah. even if we run the conduit, like you suggested, then, then it could be future. We could have lighting there in the we'll future. We'll also have conduit run for the, for the uh, cameras. So to run some more conduit for the trees would not be that big of a deal. And then we couldn't... Because like you say, lighting changes all the time and, and how it changes, you know, we might come up with a better plan a year from now or two years, but let's run the conduit and see what happens. Oh, no. It, listen, I'm fine. I, I, I'm excited. I, I think it's a great project. Um, you know, we're very fortunate that we're able to get this fun, these funds. And we're able to put them to good use so that the citizens, um, you know, an added amenity or amenities to the, for the citizens. So I, I think with all the, the new development that we have, this is this is really going to up our game yeah. here, and it's 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 well needed. So I'm I'm excited. I no, really I, I am. I wasn't trying to make it sound like I wasn't excited. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I think I, I will steal somebody's line, um, but I think we need to work towards being known for our parks right so that's who said that i don't i don't know who i don't know who it was um 100 percent agree but you, you know this is definitely a huge step in that direction um okay billy so do you have do we have a consensus on on 
the I, I think so. I, so what I what I understand and is that we'll we'll take all of the uh, we'll accept all of the savings except for the precast modular restroom building and then the SD type tree lighting we'll put an asterisk next to that and if there is savings and we can uh, if there's, there's enough savings to do it then we'll have a conversation about adding that back in is that something that you would like to come back before council or just staff work it out and put it in if we I think, if it I think just try to just try to work it out I would think it'd be the best okay. thing we could do and hopefully right. it'll work Surprises. <laughs> I hope we will pleasantly surprise y'all <laughs> okay so is there anything else on the Hercules project I don't think so I think we just a consensus of what we're taking and leaving and um, we'll next you'll see is a contract to move forward and then we'll have um, you know notice proceed dates and things like that. a shovel in the ground within a month I'll let uh, Warren Smith answer that. Um, <laughs> Look at his smile. <laughs> we can do a groundbreaking pretty quickly after the, <laughs> after the contract. That's a little aggressive. We, we do have some concurrent activities with permitting. We're getting in the final stages. Uh, we have to you know, get through the contract, and then from there, there is the time for mobilization, which involves signing up all of the subcontractors that we've engaged. All right, well, thank you guys for your work on, on, on this value engineering and, and the presentation and answering the questions. And uh, as you you can hear we're ready to move forward so all right thank you that's it all right uh the next item is 5.2 utility capacity agreement uh yes item 5.2 um Wire Ranch owns approximately 24.16 acres located on the north side, north of North 301. Uh, in order to obtain a guaranteed reservation of water and sewer services from the city, it's necessary for the developer to execute the attached water capacity agreement. Um, the attached utility capacity agreement reserves both water and sewer for 329 residential apartment units on the proposed Wire Ranch property. Paragraph 4 of the agreement requires payment of 50% of the total capacity within 30 days of the effective date of the agreement. Um, that payment will be $582,330. The monies paid will be immediately available to the city for expenses related to utility um, uh, utility needs and, and permitted items. The reservation guaranteed by this agreement runs with the land and can be subsequently assigned by the developer to any subsequent purchasers of the property who will be bound by the terms of this agreement. The duration of the agreement is for five years from the effective date. Uh, the current water and sewer capacity fee uh, for apartments is $3,540. Staff recommends approval of the utility capacity agreement 45-23-11 with Wire Ranch Investors LLC. Any questions? Okay, this is just a utility capacity agreement. This does not have anything to do with any kind of density things that we may decide on and all that kind of stuff, right? Correct. Okay. Yep. So if if they ultimately get 330 units approved, they have to come in and pay for that additional um, unit. If they get 300 units approved, then we would refund you know those the 29 or the number of units that they overpaid. Okay. We wouldn't refund it. Or apply it towards the, the overall balance. You're right. All right. Any other questions? And this is the first time we've done this. This is the first one we have done. Yes, I know, and I'll speak for Swift Mud. Swift Mud likes to see um, commitment letters, and so this is our 
version of a commitment letter from developers? It, uh, hard evidence. The, the demand needs. Demand. Yeah, you gotta get over this. Yeah, we need a motion. I make a motion that we pass 5.2. Second. A motion to second to approve uh, business item 5.2. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion passed unanimously. All right, thank you. Let's see, moving on to, <clears throat> hold on one second. All right, we are at time for citizens' comments now, and we have heard from some that have already signed up. Is anybody else signed up? Yes, I have two. The first one is Eileen Westerman. We already took, that's what you want okay. to speak at. Okay, the second person is Michael Rickey. Okay, and sir, if you could state your name and address, and then you will have three minutes to for your comments. My name is Michael Rickey. <clears throat> I live at 6775 Basswood Circle in Driftwood. My concern tonight is the homeless situation that needs to be addressed. First of all, thank you for your email replies. Thank you also for your efforts to address this expanding problem. I have noticed in the last year a larger number of homeless targeting our area. I see them sleeping under trees with trash scattered about, begging for food at intersections, leaving shopping carts around the city, and also passing on private property. Recently, I saw a man sleeping at the front door of a lawyer's office on Fifth Avenue. Down further, there were two with their belongings strung out on two tables. I have three questions for you. Are we becoming a magnet? What is our long-term approach? And last of all, do I feel safe? Thank you for listening and letting me voice my concern. Okay, and thank you very much. And I know this is a very complex problem, and um, I know uh, our, our police department has, you know, there's things they can do, code enforcement, there's things, and then, um, you know, these are things that we are constantly working on, actually, and we have, are talking about addressing some other things, too, and, and your concerns are very valid, too, by the way, all, all three of them. So um, as we move forward on this you know, problem, we have to keep all that in consideration. So I don't know if city manager has anything further to add or? I don't know that there's any more to add. I know that, like you said, that, um, you know, last week we, or last meeting, we had a conversation about chips and, um, you know, a homeless program. I think it's more than just the city of Upper Hills. Um, you know, Pasco County is, needs to be a, a big partner in this. Uh, police department our police chief is specifically is working with uh, area agencies um, to say uh, not necessarily find a solution because I don't I don't know that anybody knows what the solution is right um, but to to be able to provide hand ups and support for these individuals um, you know so they're not um, sleeping on the streets um, Coordination of services. Coordination of services. And, and it's, you know, available. what's drawn them to Zephyr Hills? It's a great question. And that's something that we're trying to, you know, we're, we're also discussing. 
Um, so we're all I can tell you is we're working on it. Um, it doesn't go unnoticed, um, but I don't have an answer at this time. Thank you. Yep, and, and as we move forward on this, like, like I said, I think safety is our number one priority. And there are things, you know, we can do. If, it, if you see something that's seemed to be unsafe or, you know, even like kind of a code enforcement or something issue, then you need to have it addressed. And, and I know that the uh, police department and the police chief is working with local agencies uh, currently on finding some solutions. We had a meeting last month. Uh, with the city of Treasure Island that has started a program, initiated a program in their community. And we're looking at what they're doing um, to help mitigate some of the problems. And I met last month with County Commissioner uh, Ron Oakley and told him that we need some services on this side of the county, that most of their services dealing with homeless are on the west side of the county. And he's asked us to get kind of a estimated count of homeless people in the area and he's going to put some county staff on it so we have been we're aware of it and like like they've said it, it's a very difficult problem but we are looking for some solutions on how we can provide some alternatives to sleeping on the streets and in the parks and and in private property okay thank you all right thank, thank you. you thank you mr ricky all right uh Mayor announcements. So I just wanted to follow up um, just to make you aware that I, I, I did talk to the Driftwood people. Um, and, you know, they are concerned about their safety. Our seniors are vulnerable. We know that. And so they are going to be putting gates up to help, you know, um, some of the issue around their place. I hope, Chief, that that will help a little. I'm, I just don't know. I'm sure people will jump over if they want. But, you know, I understand that your, your worries. I totally do. I live in a senior community, and it's, it's one of their biggest concerns, too. Derek Brewer, Police Chief. Um, I would have to do an analysis of their neighborhood in order to say whether or not that's going to work. Statistically speaking, the homeless are more vulnerable than people that are um, in those neighborhoods. Not to say that they're not um, subject to, you know, petty crimes, but the homeless are more likely to be victims of dangerous, violent crimes or dangerous crimes than, than the people that live in the neighborhoods. And I get that. There's emotional, too. And I think a lot of it is that um, feeling of uh, that you're not, you know, as a senior person, that you don't have the ability to defend yourself. Correct. That's an overall emotional thing. So I get that that's a valid point for them. And I thank you for and, letting me know. And I, I've been out myself. In fact, I was out for about three hours today mm -hmm. just making contact with our homeless population. Um, and it, there is a growing number of um, retirees that don't have homes. Um, so those are the people that are on a fixed income. And if, you know, they're not able to afford a, oh. a place to live, um, you know, where are they going to go? Right. Um, so, again, I understand the concerns, but this is a not, is, there's no one approach to address homelessness. Um, and, I, and I offered to speak to Mr. Ricky um, personally because I'd like to be able to, 
um, addressed some of his concerns because he spoke specifically about he had um, volunteered at Healing Hearts. And, um, you know, I have genuine concerns about w what um, services they're actually providing there. Um, and the, the comment about him, us being a magnet, um, has some validity because we're not creating, we're not providing wraparound services. Um, and again, nothing against them, what they provide, but they, they open their doors, they feed them, they let them hang out, and then six o'clock they shut the doors. Where are they going to go? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I really appreciate all. I know that you're working hard with the whole group to do it, and I really yeah. do appreciate that. I just wanted to make you aware that that was brought to my attention. And I, I did email him earlier in the week the same things that we talked about at the last meeting and all the stuff that you're working on. Uh, and it's uh, not a police, it's not the thing that's hard to understand. It's really not a police issue. This isn't just for the police issue. to solve yeah. this issue. Correct. It's for the whole community to solve. So we all need to work together and thank well, you. If I could but, just jump in there, Mayor, you know, but we don't want to discourage the citizens. If they see something, they feel like, they're yeah, unsafe, they, and, and I know it's not a police issue ultimately, but in, the, in that moment, it is a police issue, and they have to address it. And I understand the, the homeless are vulnerable too, but uh, who are they vulnerable oh. from? Is, is it other homeless? I mean, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I mean. So, and, so and, and just it, people that target homeless. Right, so it, it's, it's, a, it's a complex issue, but I don't want to ever let our citizens feel like they shouldn't, if they see something or feel unsafe, they should be able to call our officers to address the problem Absolutely. in the moment, and then we'll work on other things and along I the way. And I misspoke. I didn't mean that yeah. That it's okay. not a police issue. I mean that it's more complex If we're just talking about the site of homelessness, mm -hmm. then obviously that's not a police issue. But if there's some sort of safety or health concern, yes, that's when we get involved. And uh, as I have in the past, I've worked with the Driftwood community as far as um, uh, numerous issues, and I'd be happy to do it again if they have concerns about safety in their neighborhood. I'd be happy to take a look at what what they're doing and, and what they can do to help um, harden their, their neighborhood. Um, and the unfortunate part is, is from, I don't know the specifics, so I can't speak to any one individual thing, but, um, Again, it um, seems like we, this is a conversation we have every week, and I can't express this enough, is um, this is going to take some time. If there was an answer, then the whole country would have it. I was going to say, this is not a uh, This isn't, we're just, we're problem. not going to solve the, the, the problem in one night. Correct. But I, I do appreciate that you, you guys are working hard at it, and everybody, all the citizens' comments help. They really do. So thank you. And, and you heard him. He's happy to sit down and talk it through with you. If you, you know, anything that can help because we all want to feel safe. We do. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you, Chief. Yeah. So thank you. All so, right. Thank you. I, thank you, Chief. I, I, Go ahead, Mayor. The only thing I have left is Fourth of July. Put out your flags. Let's, you know, um, show some spirit. Patriotism. Patriotism. Thank you for the word. Appreciate it. <laughs> Okay, city manager. Uh, just three things. Speaking of 4th of July, Summerfest, Zephyr Park, uh, July 1st from 12 to 9.30. Ends with fireworks. Uh, so the city is a sponsor of that event. So come out. I know the newspaper's already left, so we'll see if they, they run an article for us. Um, 
We do offer online submittals now through the building department. So you can pay your uh, business tax receipt, uh, some over-the-counter permits, roof permits, HVAC permits. Uh, some of those um, contractors can, can do that online now. We're working on full implementation as far as plan submittals to planning and all that. We're not quite there. We're making sure this works first, so um, we do have that option. And then appropriations, I won't talk about it too much, but um, what did survive the veto pen was the theater downtown. Um, Main Street's going to own that. And then um, um, and then Zephyr Park, was there was dollars appropriated to that as well. So we'll, we'll begin to work with the, the appropriate state agencies to get contracts signed and get those projects uh, moving forward. That's all I have. All right, uh, City Attorney. They're not going to get 24 runs tonight. <laughs> um, 24 runs yesterday, right? Yeah. Let's go Gators. Um, we'll start down here with uh, Councilman Spina. Uh, the only thing I have is it's, it's uh, just I wasn't going to bring it up, but last week I rode I did a ride along with sergeant Billy Adams and <clears throat> he took me down to 30 highway 39 and showed me a homeless camp that you can see from the road in Crystal Springs that it's just you can see tents and awnings and things so that's why I just want to explain it's such a big problem it's it's we need the county's help here so um, and, and I would urge you to do that if you haven't. It, it's very interesting. We went from call to call and different things. We had uh, a varied afternoon, so I enjoyed it very much. Now, I do have a question um, of the city manager of when will we have a budget workshop? When do you plan to do that? When would you guys like one? But you have to set the millage rate in the end of July, so I, I don't know what your yep. schedule is in terms of putting the budget together based on that or... Um, we can have one next two weeks, the next next council meeting. During the same meeting? Yes, sir. Well, I don't mind doing it at the same meeting, but I don't want it to be crammed into one hour, and then we don't get to talk about we it. We can do the workshop afterwards. Yes, I mean, I, so, yeah, after I mean, when we're looking at an annual budget, we need yeah. to look at the budget. I agree. And yeah. So we can start, I mean, I'm fine with starting the council meeting at 5 o'clock. I don't think anything really in the charter it, says that we have to do six. It just says we have to have two meetings, so we could move it to five as if it was CRA, do the council meeting. When we adjourn, go into the workshop, and then... Beer. Do we have the ability, excuse me, do we have the ability to control how much is on the, 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 the docket that day so that we are... You know, so that we are allotting enough time because, you know, by 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, I'm getting kind of weary. So if we start at 5, then, you know, then we maybe have the council meeting at 6. We get a little break in there, and then we come back as soon as we finish the council meeting. Yeah, my, well, yeah, my suggestion would be we just do council. We start council at 5, uh, that, you know, next meeting. It goes to, you know, yes, we control the docket, so we could, you know, have a short meeting, shorter meeting. Um, hopefully be done by 6, 6.30, take that break, and then go to a workshop. So what date was, was their discussion about? July 10th. 
by 10th. Okay. Sorry, what was that question? Correct. Yep. Okay, Councilman Proctor. Uh, first of all, I'm excited about moving forward on the park. And I also, I agree with Councilman Spina that we don't want to rush the budget. So having an early meeting and then doing it after, I think we would, have, and if we got to do it over several meetings, possibly. Not too much. Yeah, yeah, we don't have, yeah. Uh, that's all I have. Okay. Councilwoman Wilkinson. Uh, nothing for me this evening, thank you. All right, and then uh, just all I have is, uh, and Councilman Smith has been uh, vocal about this, and I'm 1,000% behind him on it, is uh, making sure that we are moving forward and talking about things that we've been talking about. So I'm going to bring up Cossack Road. Emailed the, the um, Metro development today asking where we are. Um, three weeks ago, they received comments. The developer received comments from Pasco County, one um, for <coughs> Sonnet Landing Drive, which is their southern entrance onto to wire. Um, second permit was for, is for Cossack Road, and the third permit is for the uh, right, of ways, right of way use permit for the drainage uh, pipe to go underneath wire to connect the two northern ponds. Uh, so I'm waiting to hear a response back. I let them know that it was supposed to be completed in December of 22. Um, and if they're not going to get this thing done, then we need to see a bond. Uh, the bond needs to be submitted. So that was the email that went out this morning. Um, <laughs> and then if they don't get it done, we'll pull the bond. And um, Yeah, we, we need to start uh, taking action of our own. Right. I, mean, I agree. Right at this point. This is yeah, so, so the, the comments were submitted, and, and I won't go into the, the full history of it, but comments were submitted to PASCO, or, or the application was submitted to PASCO. PASCO did respond back, uh, like I said, about three weeks ago with comments for additional information. And so I would say that three weeks is sufficient time to respond well, back. Well, and it's been way more than three weeks. They could have correct. been putting their information into the county. So correct. Uh, I think we need to, you know, consider our, our options. Yes. Okay, um, that's all I have. So if there's nothing else, I will adjourn the meeting. Miss uh, Mayor, you were right. I will never say that again. <laughs> say what? I said to me. I said. I said to you.